This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to another episode of Wired Access Podcasts. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. We're part of the Herd App Productions. Once again, if you like this episode or any others, don't be afraid to hit the subscribe below, that thumbs up, share it, like it, whatever you do. Make sure to get the word out because there's always a message that one athlete, one person, one parent could find in this because there's no book about how to get to the future. But when you find people that have found different routes to get to their future, whether it's in sports, out of sports, that's what this show's about. Today, we are welcoming Herd at Sports social media specialist, strategist, strategist manager, manager, <laughs> all over social media. If you follow the Minnesota Wild, uh, I've seen her here at UNO Mavericks. I mean, just all over enjoying sports. We have Marissa Voss. Welcome to the show. You're in Omaha, mm -hmm. half your time. You're in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, basically. How did you even find her at sports? Let's start there. Let me start with that part because that connection from Minnesota to Omaha isn't easy. Well, it's really cool. My story is different than anything else. I think anybody will know and hear. So basically I was doing stuff with KYC, a news station. So I used to be a journalist um, on TV in Minnesota. And then I also be, used to be a um, eyesight reporter for Minnesota State University Mankato and their digital content manager for men's hockey. And kind of went in two different directions with that. So I was like, I didn't really have a job, didn't know where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. All of a sudden I'm scrolling through TikTok and like heard at sports pops up. It's Anna and Avery and they go, do you like working in like places like this? And they were in Omaha, like they were at Baxter Arena. And I was like, mm, yeah. And they're like, you should apply to be a social media strategist for us and do this. So I was like, and it was on TikTok. I was like, um, okay, um, I'm going to make a video. So I did one step for, further than like even just like applying or doing a video or stitching or telling them why I should do it. I literally made this like almost two minute video, edited all my stuff together and basically did like a digital virtual resume. And they, they saw it, they liked it, they messaged me, we set up an interview and then I got the job. It's funny that you just <laughs> said everything that you said in the two minute thing. And I only say this because everybody has a connection with different people and you're like, well, what's the connection? The way I got into radio, I didn't go to college. I didn't, I didn't do anything of that sort. No journalism, no nothing. Mm -hmm. I was a football coach. Um, I'm a DJ. So obviously I have a lot of personality with that. And, uh, the local radio station was doing where top fan send them two minutes or whatever. So I went to a friend's house, did a little production like you did, where you're snipping, you're cutting, you're mm -hmm. making sure it's the best presentation. Two minutes. Then we ended up doing, they picked out, of, I think, 25, like five of us. Then we did a competition. That was where Ravi Lula, yeah. which is the host of the morning show yeah. here, was actually the host of this competition called the Top Fan Show. Pretty much what it did is it gave us where we had 
a moment with one other co-host with Ravi, and we just talked. Then we had to come back and do a one-on-one um, conversation about something. And so for me, I'm all about just like with this, you know, I could be like a lot of others in this area and just talk about corn huskers and Mm -hmm. huskers, but it's all about finding your connection with people in other routes. And so I just went, I coached at Omaha South. Omaha South is, they're just OPS and they're having struggles. They just can't get kids to go there because they go to other places. Mm -hmm. So then I went to jerseys, colored jerseys, different jerseys is a big issue here in Nebraska. No one talked about it on that show. And that was the biggest difference is what can you do to talk differently than your part, than your peers to make an appearance? I just talked about the black jersey. I said, tell you and I, as a regular fan, that might not matter. Mm-hmm. But now day and age, you see it and, and all the stuff that you post. Mental is a big difference. When you look at mental and like gear, some people go to Oregon just to get that bag of swag of how many jerseys do they get? I mean, I would love to go wear Mm. some ducks gear, (laughs) you know? And and when you look at that connection of having to apply and, and, and putting that effort in, what made you feel like this was the place you wanted to be? Um, you know, it was just one of those things where I applied for a lot of places in Minnesota and Iowa, I applied for the Iowa wild and I got to the final stages and then just didn't make it. So a lot of these like big sports places that I was getting traction at I just made it to the end and then I didn't I didn't get the job um and you know there was a couple of places like news stations that were in like one was in Eureka California one was in like close right right like right like super close like one was in another like um, like outside of Chicago not even outside but like in Illinois but like suburbs of Illinois and it was for a news station it was for different things and I was like okay I I don't really want to do that anymore because I'm kind of burnt out on the news if anybody who has done news reporting and sports reporting. Um, if you're not in a big metro area, you can either love it or you will get burnt out very, very quickly. It's just how that industry is. So I was like, I can't, I don't think I can do it anymore. So I was just like, I need something where I can do social media because the big thing at Minnesota State that I loved is I was being in, I was doing interviews, sit down interviews like this. I was doing podcasts, but I was also managing their social media and I was managing and creating videos and creating content. That was one of the things I was like, I need to do both because that's where I excel the most. Just doing plain old news stuff wasn't enough. It wasn't filling my bucket. And that's why when I did stuff for her at sports and I saw it, I was like, this is really cool an opportunity because I can do both of that. And that's why I thought, okay, this is the job for me. And honestly, like it's led to so many open doors. I've done so many cool things. Like Savannah, I went to Savannah Bananas. I've went to the NFL draft. I did all like literally, like I've done so many things that hurt at sports that like I probably wouldn't have dreamed of. I I would have like taken a job in Eureka, California. See, and that's what I tell people. Like even, so I had wired access where I recorded mm-hmm. out of a baseball training facility. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Southworth is one of my major uh, co-hosts. He was like, Hey, I got this equipment sitting around. He's like, but I'm not really a talker. He's like, can you do it? I know you had a show, whatever. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. But you'd hear the ping in the background. Then I'm just like yourself where you're trying to put the best out there. And you're like the editing alone can cause you to go crazy. How do you find yourself continuously battling to find comfort in editing to where you don't get burnt out? And are you finding quicker ways? Are you finding resources that you're able to use? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's such a good question. That doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm so happy you brought it up because I've never talked about it. I struggle so hard with the editing. 
um, especially for my own brand. So I have, I work for her at sports, but I also manage a thing and I work for a company and they don't pay me. I just do it. And it's called 10 K takes. And it's the same thing. It's like a media company, but almost like more bar stool. I do stuff for them. And then I do stuff for my own brand. Cause I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. Um, you've seen it. I, I don't know if everybody else has seen it. Editing is so hard because for this job, like I'll, I'll edit it because I have to. And I'm like, okay, I have to do it. It's my job. It's making me money. It's yes, putting a, it's yes. putting like, it's paying for the roof over my head. But for my personal content, I will film it and I will struggle to get the stuff out there to edit because I'm so tired and I'm so burnt out. And I know like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, we work nine to fives. Like, what are you talking about? Your job is ideal. Your job is awesome. It's just no. content creation. And I'm like, and I get it. I sound like a spoiled baby. I'm like, oh my God, I used to edit things and it's so hard. I sound like an influencer. But it is kind of one of those things where you do have to realize you are in front of the camera. You have to be better than everybody in a saturated field. Everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody wants to be that because it's so awesome. You get all these benefits. You can, you get people reaching out to you with PR. You, all you have to do is film and edit and post on TikTok and social media and manage that. So one of the things I find that's really hard. And one of the things I've tried to do is like, just schedule things out. I edit, like I'll, instead of waiting, like if I film something and I wait two days, I will never edit it. I will never and see it'll that. Never get it. It'll never, it'll never get see it. A day, so I have to get on it right away. And if I don't get on it right away, then I won't ever do it. And that's like wasted content because I know I'm good at it and I'm good at editing. It's just like also like the, I have 5,000 things to do and I don't want to do any of them. And now all of a sudden I'm doing nothing instead of doing everything. And it's like, you know, or nine you're checking someone night. else's yep. stuff. Cause you're like, okay, this is someone I want to make sure to, to yes. get out there. And you're like, cause that's like last night. So last night I did uh wired access hoop nights. So what I try to do is go to one different high school, advertise for both those schools as far as just getting some of their players that might not always get the shine and all mm -hmm. the glamour or the spotlight. And then, but I also was DJ. So I was in game DJ mm -hmm. while I'm trying to record. And then you get to today. What's today? National signing day. Well, actually it's the day that we've recorded yeah. on, you know what I'm saying? But because this will air on a Saturday, but you get to the national signing day. Well, you don't want to drop a lot of content that has to do with nothing but national signing day because that matters. Well, then if I don't get it out today, now I'm going to get to tonight. And then do I get it done? Because that's family time or that, you know, it's, it's, it's a confusion that most people don't know. My friend that uh, I work with, he actually brought up 10 K. How did you get in with 10 K? And what is that all about? Because like there's avenues out there for what, what we do. Mm -hmm. And some people are afraid to like, they want it all me, me, me. Yeah. And they don't understand like, the more connections you make, the more people will see who you are mm -hmm. and the more that you're, you'll be able to get out there. Cause I got a request in my DMS just the other day that I didn't know of, or that I would think of. And it was just some Husker players. I'm not friends with them. I'm not nothing. And they're like, Hey, will you come cover our one V one thousand dollar pot, mm -hmm. which has actually happened the day that this will advertise on the 30th. I'm like, yeah, I'll come cover it. Why not? But mm -hmm. like I said, it opens up those avenues of Savannah Bananas. You know yeah. how I know about him? My very first interview, Cade Povich, who is now in the MLB, he pitched for them during COVID mm -hmm. just to get time in. Yep. I would have never known about Savannah Bananas until they started blowing up, but I knew before. How did 10K come about? So the whole thing with Savannah Bananas, 10K, all of it, like, and you're thinking like, oh my God, there's, this is so much, this is a lot. So for me, I was, at, again, at a point where I didn't have her at sports. I didn't have KYC. I didn't have Minnesota State. I was in a place where I was like, I just need sports. 
like, cause working in sports sounds so glamorous. It's so, so, so hard to do and break into. And I've known 10 K, right. I've like not, I've known of them, but I got to meet the boys at like a while. I went to a preseason Blackhawks wild game last year. And then I met them, got a little bit of merch, just did some shop, met them. And then they reached out again. They're like, we really want you on our team. We want you to do the wild takes and take a part of it and like charge of it because our social media is lacking in that sort of sense. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll jump on. Again, I don't get paid for it. Anything I do on 10K, I just love the guys. I love the boys. I was just in Minnesota visiting them. They're my favorite human beings. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And it started going well. The way I edit and the way that I do things and the way that I have my social media presence is what they really liked because you know they're kind of getting more of a bar stool kind of vibe. Yeah, the and, fun. And the... they're fun, they're exciting. But with me, it's almost like I know how to attack the trends. I know how to do the funny audios. I know how to do the videos. I know how to edit things. I know how to, you know, th that is my niche and that's what I'm good at. So I just started doing that for 10K more and more. And they were like, wait, we really like your stuff. Like, we really want you to be more of a bigger brand for us. So then I started getting more involved within actual 10K and, you know, state of school and wild takes. So they reached out to me and I've just been doing it. And I, I like to do it. Wild takes is kind of my baby. That's like what I like, I do the most for and the guys know. So if you see anything, it's usually probably just me doing in a lot of the video stuff, but it is about networking, right? They didn't know I existed until I was like, like jumped on, like they asked me to be like a guest on their, the podcast wild takes. And I was like, okay, then that's kind of how it morphed. But everything within sports, like you said, it's big on networking, who you know, how you know, building connections. You may be the best person and most versatile and adverse in anything you can do. But if you don't know the people and if you don't know anything, you're not going to get the job. The, mo the majority of jobs I've had and opportunities, amazing things is because of the people I know. And that's and that's you will find like I've talked to people who work for Minnesota Wild for Tampa Bay Lightning, for every other, you know, pro sports team. And they go, yeah, it's about connections. That is the best thing that you can do. That is the one thing. Build connections. Do not burn bridges. Make sure you're working hard, but always like going on LinkedIn and like going to people or doing this or going to these events because that's how you're going to get these big jobs. And, and, and I think the biggest thing is also just you're putting out honesty out there, but without shaming something. Mm -hmm. You know that every growth is a positive growth and you're not – you know, you're not like, look at this guy over here. He ain't doing what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. he sucks, but I'm here. How did you even start with this? Were you a sports athlete growing up? What mm -hmm. got your love into sports? And obviously, most people would say social media, it's what is what is, yeah. right? It's either you want to be in or you want to be out. Yeah. And I tell my wife all the time because she's like, you're on your phone. I said, I, if it wasn't for my business aspect, because I got a lawn company, I DJ and this. Mm -hmm. I would wish I didn't have my phone, but because I have it and we've been able to do what we do as a family, I have to continue to do what, what where'd you find your love and where did it all start? Yeah. So um, I never thought I'd do social media. I never thought I'd be a digital content manager, social media strategist, whatever. Like that was never the plan for me. So to have me go down this route is it's very new. And I just started doing this a year ago. Like, let's be honest here. It's been like less than a year of me working and doing creating a brand but how it all started was my dad was huge into sports my dad has been a season ticket holder for the minnesota vikings for 27 plus years so if you don't know if you're a real season ticket holder of the minnesota vikings that means you're dedicated <laughs> to no matter what happens I, i'm not yep. one of those guys that's like you're dedicated no you're dedicated to that mm -hmm. purple you're yep. dedicated to that that 
that logo on the mm -hmm. helmet. You're dedicated full in because it's just like a Detroit fan. Yep. You don't have to have all the winning to know that you're having fun at what you love. Exactly. So we have been going to games forever, and I have been going to those Minnesota Vikings games since like I was super young. So it's been in my blood. And he is a big coach. He um, does right now varsity girls basketball coach down in Minnesota, um, like 15 minutes away from where I grew up. And he coached me in basketball. He coached me in track. I have been in track for so long. I did it all through high school, and then I did three years in college. And um, and then I did soccer. So I've been, I've, I'm, I'm an athlete, right? That's what I did. That's what I grew up. So I've always grown up loving sports. But what got me into doing sports broadcasting, it's really funny. I love to tell a story. My dad always is like, oh, my God. Because I went to MSU for a year. I wanted to do maybe just writing. I was really big into writing. So I wanted to be like a sports reporter, but like almost like the writing style, like but what they do for World Herald. Where you wouldn't see yeah, you, but we yes, hear you. Exactly. Like even that, not even on radio, but just like my Well, like, when notes. I say hear you, we're yep. hearing it all through exactly. the words, all exactly. through the, you're going to put your exaggeration yep. on the product. Yep. And, <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then I kind of got in and I transferred to um, a different school, Bethany Lutheran College in Mankato, Minnesota. I transferred there and I was like, an advisor was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know how colleges, you, I mean, how a lot of kids go. They just go there and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. Nobody business, knows what they want business. to do. Exactly. They start out there. They go business. And they go like, communication. Oh, I'm going to just go knock out my, my, my regular comms and then we'll figure it out yeah. afterwards. And that's kind of how what I did. I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, there's this thing called Maverick Hockey Weekend. It's for, um, they broadcast all the men's hockey games for college hockey for Minnesota State. She's like, maybe you want to do like eyesight reporting, like reporting for that. And I was like, me in front of a camera. Ugh. I was like, I was like, please, advisor, please. No, I can't do that. And she's like, just do it. Just do one game. Just do it. So I did one game. Oh, my God. It was like when I got this mic in my hand, it was like electricity coursing through my body. It was like nothing I've ever felt before. In that moment, I knew this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And that is such an amazing, amazing feeling. If you've never had that, it is, it's truly just like, whoa, like I didn't think I was going to do this. So I told my dad, hey, I did a game. I'm doing a couple. I think I'm really good at this. I think I'm going to do this sports broadcasting reporting thing. And he goes, you in front of a camera? Like the same well, thing. He's I mean, like, when you're Marissa, like you, because again, this is how I am. Like you guys see me as like this brand, like, oh, I love podcasting. I love this. But when I back then was like, it was not good. Well, in front that's of the most athletes, though. Yeah. They can be in front of a camera for the for the for the sport, mm -hmm. but reporting on that sport that you're an athlete of is a whole different picture. Yeah. So, what made you go from stopping track and, mm -hmm. and going? I've got to get this career going with. Well, this. the thing is, I never did. I yeah. never stopped track. I never stopped anything. If you knew me in college, um, so that's when my dad's like, "Okay, go for it," and I I went for it. I did it. But what I did was. I was in track for three years, full-time, indoor and outdoor season. So I was doing that while keeping up my grades, right? And I was maintaining like a 3.2 or 3.4 GPA, okay? While I was a student athlete, on top of being an ice side reporter um, when they were at home games. So I was at every single, when they had home games, I was there Friday and Saturday reporting, working, getting stuff. And then my senior year for my internship on top of all of that, I had to do a podcast. So I was doing a podcast on Wednesdays and editing that and doing everything and promoting it um, with the Maverick hockey guys. And so, that was literally what I did my senior year or in like my sophomore, junior and senior year. So I never quit anything. I was just busy 
adding on to it 24 7 i never stopped that's always the thing that people they're like when do you stop i said when i sit down to watch something that's not a sport mm-hmm. i'm out yeah you're right i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not one that's sitting there hoping i get to watch the next episode of friends i'm falling asleep maybe five minutes in <laughs> because you shut down mm-hmm. What brought hockey to the field and why was it hockey that is like a big love of yours? Where did that, is it a Minnesota thing? Mm-hmm. Because I know up there you have, of course, the college hockey is huge. Oh my gosh, it's huge. And before Minnesota Wild was there. Mm-hmm. So what was brought to hockey and why hockey is a huge thing for you? Yeah, when I was in high school, it was never hockey. My friends were, in, my friends did hockey and I went to maybe a couple games and I was like, ew, I'm a basketball girl because I did basketball from fourth grade until 10th grade. And my dad is a coach and a love for basketball. But we went to a couple wild games. I was like, Mm, I don't know, whatever. And then it all stems back to me working at Minnesota State being an ice reporter. And I, the first game I went to and took notes, I was like, this is amazing. People are, people are checking people. Like there, there's icing, there's penalties, there's coming, there's some fighting. Like this sport is like just electric. And that's what really fell, I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with college hockey. And it just kind of spiraled from that where I was like, oh my God, I love hockey. I love this sport. And then from there, I got really into the Minnesota Wild. So for a long time, like I knew of the Wild and obviously I watched it because I liked hockey, but college hockey was my jam in like college, obviously, because I was covering yeah, it every day yeah. and I was doing it. I was going to national championship and frozen four and all of these crazy, amazing things. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I really want to get into the wild because I think that's the next segue because I was like, I can do college hockey, but how is this going to kickstart my career? Trying to get more and learning more about all of these things. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Um, just started obviously like doing that and learning when I was a digital content manager, I didn't get, I wasn't making TikToks about hockey on my page. Like I was not doing that. That was not a thing that I was doing. If you think like I was like over here, like being like, no, that again was, that's like a less than a year in the making. So when I was a digital content manager for Minnesota state, um, it was very more, I'm not saying my TikToks and my content creation aren't professional, they're funny. They, they're, they're, they're interactive. They're They're interactive. Like no matter what anybody says, like you can try to do as professional as you want in a TikTok. Mm -hmm. The person is still going to probably go next. Exactly. If it's not catching them. And, and that's what sucks even for us because it's like, all right, I got these interviews. So I try to just pull out one thing Mm -hmm. that can hopefully connect. Yep. But even when I get that good connection, like a kid who who uh, in 10th grade was nothing, went to this big baseball uh, thing uh, camp where all these 500 coaches there, not a single one talked to him, but it changed his mind. And all of a sudden, and two years later, he's in the MLB draft yeah. league. You're like, that's big to share for someone, but they're not going to listen to get to that point, mm-hmm. no matter unless you have the right words, the right way to hit it. How do you find those in there and what was kind of your way to to get that research was it something you just constantly watch something mm-hmm. you you research because of course i've had people reach out and kind of give me some things that they're like are you doing this are you doing that mm-hmm. but i just i feel like you're still trying to build your brand and change and not be in the in the trend yeah there it, it's it's again it's a saturated field Right. Especially even saturated for content creators, but also to do be a woman doing ice reporting, sideline reporting, anything of um, that nature. A lot of people want to do it and you are legitimately one in a million. And it is scary. But what you have to do is set yourself apart. So for me, for reporting, I'll do a content creation part and then I'll do reporting. So me for reporting, I am a big 
building rapport, finding the emotional side of it. You, I, you, I can look at you and I can say, you, this team is the best in X, Y, Z, uh, whether that be face up, whether that be staying out of the box, whether that be, you know, ozone possession and puck possession. Um, and I can go statistically just facts with my interviews, which is why which I'm is, glad I do what I do. Right, and, I can't. Well, and that's the thing. And that, and that works for a lot of people. And that does. But for me, I like to mix in the emotions of, I remember when Dryden McKay, he was a goalie at Minnesota state and, um, he won and he just like, broke a record ryan miller for i think mo the most career shutouts in college hockey and i just said you know you're here history in the making in that moment how did it feel knowing that you made history those types of things where yes. you can talk about the statistics but i want to know how did it feel in that moment yeah how does how does all this feel you know when i sat down with um nathan smith who now is i think he's not he's within the arizona coyotes franchise i still believe I think he's with the Roadrunners in the AHL, if I'm not mistaken. But he's somewhere um, floating out there. And he went to the Olympics. And then he came back. And we talked about that. And I was like, what I want to know is you're on the ice and you're playing. And all of a sudden, you look up and Sean White's in the, in the building. <laughs> Watching you play hockey. Minnesota State Mankato, small kid, doesn't know any, you know, really great. But Sean White is an Olympian and he's watching you play hockey. How does that feel knowing that he's watching you and he's assessing and you got these A-list stars watching you. Stuff like that is how I always, always, always do it. Because, you know, you're laughing. You're doing this. How can I make people laugh? How can I make people interested? How can I make people a little bit emotional and feel that? That Get is my Get them out of thing. their comfort zone. It, because they're, 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 you're going to them in their first thing, in first instance, they're going, she's going to ask, how was that goal? And you're <laughs> like, nah, I got you better than that. And that's what, mm -hmm. that's what I try to tell people. And it's funny because it does take time for them because once they listen to one, then they're, then they're like, dang, but it's getting that one that mm -hmm. sometimes gets hard because there is so much content. Mm -hmm. And, and I say it all the time. I mean, I've had my wife listen to an episode and I never expect any of my family because they're not my customers. They're not my, or not customers, but the people that mm -hmm. you're really shooting for. But I had to listen to one, and it was a basketball player who actually rocks in the in the semi pros before she gets to the uh, into the women's NBA. But she's like the Dennis Rodman at Syracuse was was her title. So you use that title, and then I asked my wife. I said after the interview, I said, "What do you feel after that?" She goes, "I just want to see her play. Can I see her play?" Yeah. And it's just getting people to see that side of mm -hmm. the story, or the fact that and and I hate hate to say it, but I was at Yobu Chachos. And I'm just standing there and like, I hear off to my side, someone talking about an athlete I interviewed. She's a high school athlete, Reagan Watt Rossiter, one of the, one of the hugest um, components for women's wrestling here in the state. I interviewed her right before she went to France to wrestle for USA. So you hear them talking and they're like, yeah, she's good, but she, she doesn't really wrestle anybody. It's always the same four people. And I go, I hate to interrupt, but I at least got to give some clout where it's due. I said, did you know that she wrestled in France? Did you know that she wrestled for Team USA? I understand it might not be something here, but it is that where once they leave here, they're almost nothing. Like if you go do something elsewhere, unless you're like all over the news and all over where everybody's covering you, it doesn't get back home. You know, so when you're able to get some of those people to kind of get out of their comfort zone, talk about a struggle, talk about overcoming stuff, 
it's just a feeling of going, man, how did I earn that trust with you? How did I, when you get that trust with these players, what does that feel like? And what does it really show that you've done the research, you've done the right thought and you really examine the atmosphere that you're in. Cause like you mm-hmm. said, you're noticing people in the area. You're not just looking what's happened yeah. on the ice. Somebody who does this at her dad sports, who I think does an amazing job at building rapport and gets the kids comfortable and builds a face is Mike Sauter. Oh yeah. Nobody Easy. does it. Nobody does like Mike Sauter. But for me to say this as everybody in Nebraska is like, Oh, easy. But for me, I didn't know Mike Sauter before I came to her at sports. I'm sorry. I had no idea who he was and to see him work and to build that rapport. The kids know him. I mean, the kids know him, everybody from Creighton to high school to anything. They know who Mike Sauter is because he jokes with them. He laughs with them, but he still asks the question. It makes it more comfortable right? When you're just a regular old person and you're just like a reporter, the guys are going to, the people are going to be stiff. If you can make them as loose as possible, you're going to get a better interview. And that's what I think he does really well because he pokes and he prods and he does a little bit. He's connecting before the game, Mm -hmm. after the game, nothing on camera. That's what I think some people miss sometimes is that these people are personal. I mean, I interviewed Jordy Ball live. I met her parents there. Mm-hmm. You know what I did after the game yesterday because her brother plays for Papio South? I went and talked to her parents yeah. and talked to Jordy. Did I take a picture with No, because you build that rapport of this comfortability. Who's your number one starstruck moment that you've built a little rapport with, would you say? Oh, my God. Um... And have you ever stuttered when you went to say whatever you need to say? Yeah, so for me, there's been actually a lot. I don't want to sound like almost like, oh, narcissistic, like, oh, there's been, but there's been a, a lot of cool moments in my life that make me, like, step back. Um, Jackson Olsen, big TikToker on Savannah Bananas, I was talking to him, and I was kind of like, hey, did it? Dip, bip, 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 bip. Like, and it wasn't even on camera. It was off, but off camera, I was just kind of like, hi um and trying to stay professional but at the same time it's a little bit of a struggle um i met ryan carter who is for me a that's a huge one and i don't know if a lot of people know who he is i i personally do valley sports north commentator he has also played for the minnesota wild he was a minnesota state alum um i met him and interviewed him and that was one of the moments where i was like oh my god this is so cool because um I'm a huge fan of his work and I love what he does. And he went to Minnesota state. So that was um, also a moment. Uh, Of course, now that I'm thinking, you know, Matt Dumba, I've met Matt Dumba and interviewed Matt Dumba. And that was also another thing because I mean, he, he signed my Jersey. He was my favorite player before he went to the coyotes with the Minnesota wild. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't think it was going to happen. And it didn't. I was like, "Ah." you know, um, but it's surreal. It's It's one of those where you're like, I never thought that I would get this mm-hmm. moment, you know, yep. or like, I mean, even for that one V one, I'm looking at the roster of the Husker players there and I'm like, okay, I, I mean, now's Paul. I know him. I remember when I first saw him at a football camp where I was mm-hmm. coaching mm-hmm. at the same football camp, they showed up, but we really didn't get a connection. Cause I didn't, I didn't have the confidence yeah. that I have now. I was just like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like building that confidence to get to where you are. What's some of the things that you feel like you had to work on 
to get to that person that you are now as far as because you said this was not the person if i saw marissa voss in college and i was like and look at that shy person over there and now all of a sudden you're the shine the light light yeah so i mean i think a big step was working for the beauty league so if people don't know probably in nebraska but in in Minnesota, in the summertime, there is a hockey league called the Beauty League. It's four-on-four hockey, and it, it just raises money for charity. And a lot of NHLers, and by I mean a lot, I mean a lot of NHLers play there. Um, and they're obviously always from Minnesota, but it's like Brock Nelson with the Islanders, Jake Gensel with the um, Pittsburgh Penguins, and then you have Nick Boonstad with Arizona Coyotes, and Zach Parisi, and all of these big names, you know, Alex Goligoski, and potentially some, you know, Matt Dumba plays there, just big names. And I think that was the biggest one because I got that job and I knew that was going to be, and it was just for a year, but I knew that was going to be a really big thing in my resume because it was just such a huge moment. But at, before that moment, and before I got that job, I was only doing interviews and podcasting, and I didn't do any content creations. And I attest where I am now to that job because my bosses were like, think like a TikToker. They're like, because I was like trying to get video and do stuff. And they're like, no, no, Morris, I need you to think like a TikToker. How would a TikTok, TikToker handle this? How would they do this? What's a cool dance? What's a cool trend? What's a cool this? What's a cool that? And all of a sudden, I'm making cool TikToks with Nick Boonstad, who used to be in the Minnesota Wild, former gopher, and now... He is playing with Arizona Cody's. You know what I mean? I was like, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm like banging on the door, talking to him, making TikToks. I'm I'm interviewing these guys. I'm working with On the Bench, who is a huge, huge following on social media. If you don't know them, I mean, it was such a cool moment. So I think for that, that kickstarted what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute, this is like, I'm really good at this. I really want to do this. Um, at that time, I, I could have done a better job, I think, with the beauty league because that's how I am. I'm always wanting to do better, do better this, do better that, whatever. Always judging. Always. Always um, self-judging. Always working, always doing that. That's how I am. But um, that was really the moment where I was like, I think I'm really good at this TikTok thing. I think I'm really good at this video content creation thing. Um, I'm going to try to do it. So legitimately, that's what started it. And then I made one TikTok about the Minnesota Vikings I think winning this was this was last year when we were just doing well and I was like I made a TikTok and all of a sudden it literally legitimately blew up I was like whoa and I made another one and it blew up and another one and all of a sudden I'm getting followers and all of a sudden I have a thousand and I have two thousand I have three thousand on TikTok and I was like what is going on so I was just like I think that's what I'm gonna do now because before that moment I tried to make TikToks and they just didn't work they didn't take off they didn't fly yeah and I do one thing and now here I am I'm making (laughs) wild vikings twins um, you know, I'm working with Fangirl. I'm working on a couple other brand deals right now and other things. So it's it's a really cool thing that I never thought that I would get to do. But I'm doing it because I've just I tried one thing. I worked at it and here I am. <laughs> so would you say and you don't have to. Is it the hashtag or is it the ads that you think gets you the most? Mm. It's always a big, big confusion. <sighs> you can research it yeah. all you want. It's so analytics of, t- especially on TikTok. So I'm going through this right now, where I'm, an, I'm, I am even in a little. I have ten thousand followers, and I don't think that 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 personally don't think it's that much, but I have ten thousand followers on TikTok, and I'm not even lying to you. It's so frustrating because I'm like not getting any views. Like as of lately, I've been posting stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting like six hundred views. I don't know what's going on. Like I don't know what's happening, and it's just the name of the game. So you can put one it's so hard the the tiktok what really frustrates me about it and especially with the hashtags like you bring it up is there's a trending sound 
you can use one hashtag and some videos will blow up. You can do the same thing with yours and yours will not blow up. You can see and you'll be like, okay, this person used four hashtags and they blew up and you use four and you don't blow up or vice versa. I truly just believe that the analytics, the hashtags, the numbers, the what you're doing, all that, I think it's BS. Personally, I think there's just, I just don't think it matters. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I, I'm telling you, I've been... Because that was the one thing I've talked with my producer, Brandon, about because that, that's the best thing about her dad is you're just constantly kicking back ideas, mm -hmm. kicking back, you know, because I've watched where one moment my YouTubes are hitting, hitting, you know, and for mm -hmm. me, two to four hundred views for a single guy just doing what he does on, on the on the YouTube, not big promotion is is at least getting where it's getting in ears of 200 to whatever, because mm -hmm. that's my goal. Don't get me wrong. I would love thousands for the stories that we're doing, and I think it should hit thousands, yeah. but it's just not in the cards. But it's like, is it the hashtags? Is it the ads? Is it is it who, you know, because I had, I could tell you right now, I could have uh, a player that plays up in South Dakota state. Will Kyle has one of my highest ones at like 500 and something, but he's not anybody, anybody would know unless, unless you know, yeah. like, and that's where I think sometimes the social media could be deceiving because I could get four or 5,000 just impressions on one, but doesn't mean it results into everything else or where they're because I think what is the average watch time like less than 20 seconds? Yeah, it's literally like the attention span of a squirrel, which I'm like, <laughs> it literally is like people are like, nope, if you don't grab them in the first 10 seconds or even five seconds, they're like, nope, nope, nope. And I do too. I'm the same way, every same way. Like it, it's just how this is in our digital age. And that's why for me, you have to put out the best content that you can absolutely put out. But also you have to know that the numbers game is going to eat you alive if you really look at it. If you really sit there and go, oh, my God, I keep getting 200. This sucks. Oh, my God. No, just put good content out there. Just if put it out put, there, whatever. If you put good content out there, people are going to love it and people are going to like it. But you just need to keep putting it out there. Because let's say you put one video out there and it doesn't do well and then you stop putting it out there. What if that could have like the next one could have popped off? What if the next one could have taken you where you need to go? You know, what if? Like for me, I think what if I never posted that Minnesota Viking TikTok, I wouldn't be in the position that I am with where I'm doing stuff, you know, creating content and always thinking. So it's truly is one thing you just, you want to think about it a lot. I wouldn't because just keep putting it out there. The algorithm is going to do what the algorithm does. It's going to go on the timeline. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. You have no control over it. Um, and especially on TikTok, if you're not a big content creator, whatever, like you're probably not going to get into the feed as much in the timeline as much, but you doesn't mean you can't keep working and grinding. You just got to keep posting. It's more about building an audience and building a, like a fan base than it is about getting your numbers. I'd rather have 10,000 people follow me than have 10,000 people like one video. So if you look at all of your things, has there ever been an avenue that you've went that is separate of sports. And the reason I asked this is one thing that mm -hmm. I, I did, and obviously I could tell for my personal self, I need to get back to, because you don't know how many you influence, is I used to have a thing called Crew Life Fitness. And all it was was just I'd take a couple of pictures if I was working out, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I'd also share a video every day of something inspirational. And then like people start coming up to you and they start talking to you, like my coworkers or whatever. They're like, oh yeah, I'm doing good at this. I'm doing... And then when you fall off, you notice other people fall off of that that aspect of even just doing healthier for themselves. It's kind of scary because yeah. you're like, I'm not that guy. Like, why am I the guy that can motivate that even though, like, 
it isn't something that I'm going at you for. Like, have you ever had that part of it where you're like, man, I, I actually have more influence than I think mm -hmm. no matter the Avenue, but I, I can't keep up with it all. Like I can't do it all. Mm -hmm. uh, a big thing for me was uh, when I was in high school, I had a fitness account. Um, so I kind of always have been on social media, but I started like a fitness account of me, like doing videos, doing motivation, doing other things. And I think that's kind of what you, now that I'm like having this really big epiphany is like, I'm like, I never thought I'd be a content creator. Like, yes, I got her to think I was like, I was like, I was a content creator back then in the fitness. Are you kidding you me? You just like, don't think of it I just though. don't think of it because I didn't realize at that moment, I was like, there's no way. But it, that was my thing is I was motivating people. I would post my stuff. I would post my fitness account doing whatever, blah, 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 blah. Because I am just an active person. Like, I was a runner. I am a runner. I'm yeah. tracking. I was in this and that. So um, that's one of the things was in sports that I do and i still do um and then like a big another thing like where you're like i think what really resonates with me is like you said oh i post something and i don't really think that people are going to interact with it and like it and all this stuff and then they do that's kind of what happened with me with twitter this year is like twitter is like taken off like i post like reaction videos reaction pictures like all that stuff for could games. be one drinking could be <laughs> people like actually like love it like they're liking my stuff they're interacting they think it's funny they all this stuff and i'm like oh like you guys like that like that this is what you like okay i'm gonna start doing this like that is the biggest thing is where you just start putting stuff out there and it's like wait you like this this does well okay let's keep going let's keep rocking let's keep rolling um but i guess the big thing was like i'm big into fitness so um that account to me was outside of sports i guess Maybe, but it's always been sports. It's always been content creating with sports. It's always been that avenue. There's never been a moment where it wasn't, to be honest with you. That's just, an, I, I know that doesn't sound great. I guess maybe one other instance is um, a couple, like a like a couple months ago, eh, not a couple months ago, like a year ago, um, I created another account. And then because why not? <laughs> why, why like, not? Hmm, why not create another account? But for some reason I did. And that one, is, it's my backup account right now. But I do um, motivation on that. I do a lot of motiv motivational stuff, quotes. Um, I make videos and a lot of people like that. And so I just tell people my experiences, tell people what I go through. And that's one of the things that I like to do that isn't, I guess, necessarily sports related. When you look at what you're doing, like for me, one of my major connections when people go, so what are you so big on high school? What are you so big on? on even athletes that leave the area is like, I have my own four kids. They went through high school. Like no matter what anybody says, politics are involved and you don't self advocate for your kids at a school. Cause you want them to show what they can or can't do. Mm -hmm. But then if they don't get to do that, who's, who's advocating for them. So when it comes to high school athletes, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love interviewing like a Chucky Hepburn and the people that people know. And I only say that because, of course, Wisconsin up close to you. Mm -hmm. um, but then I look at like someone like big, like a Noah Fant when he was going through it. And I, I always tell people like that's one of my hugest things. is I watch how social media will treat an 18 year old making a life decision that's for themselves just because they didn't choose the Huskers. I should be this just pissed off and put all these negative things but then you don't know what their actual life is that he was actually doing med academy. Hence why Iowa makes sense. Hence why a tight end makes sense and NFL. So it's like, what was, is there any connections that you have that like why you cover a certain thing? Because to me, that's why I like covering the high school kids that maybe you don't know, but now mm -hmm. you're starting to see this, this high school athlete got 4,000 views and no one knew of him. And now all of a sudden 
eyes on mm -hmm. and you're getting people in the community. I'm getting other people in the community that their kids are on some of the teams that we're going up against and they're liking and sharing and they're like, okay, okay, this, this makes sense instead of, okay, I'm going to go cover all the high, the best people cover all the best mm -hmm. things. Um, college hockey is the one thing that I, I love covering and I don't think it gets enough coverage and I don't think it gets talked about enough. And it's just because I, I've seen the behind the scenes, I think is why I love it so much. Obviously I used to work in and I do still work it with Omaha athletics and I'm um, university of Omaha men's hockey program, but it's just the fact of when you make it to the pros and make it to the NHL, obviously that's huge and people are grinding and people are working hard, but when you are a college athlete and especially in college hockey, they work their butt off because that could be the moment they could either make it to the AHL. They can either, or they could be done or they could go to the EHL and then, you know, potentially make it to the AHL and potentially make it to this and that. And they probably won't, you know? So when you're truly in college hockey, it's a brotherhood, it's a bond, it's working hard. It's putting everything out there for that one chance of glory of a ring of uh, hosting a national championship trophy that's why I love college hockey so much because it's severely underrated. The kids are great. They're amazing athletes. They're amazing people. There's a brotherhood like no other. And it's such a cool sport to be a part of and cover. I mean, when you have, you know, games that like even the Ralph Baxter arena, you've got mullet arena. You have all of these great places. Maine has a great program and great barn. So does Cornell. I mean, these places are so underrated that need to be talked about more. And the people that love college hockey will talk about it, but you need to get more involved in it because the sport is amazing. And like, it doesn't get enough traction. Like I think it needs to be on ESPN. I think it needs to be talked about more. I think, you know, John Butchgrass, who is a ESPN analyst, um, frozen frenzy does everything at ESPN. A, a friend of mine, I love him. He does a great brand for college hockey and he promotes it. And he loves it and he does. And I think that's what needs to happen more is having these analysts and higher up people talk about it because it's just, it's great. And Mike, Mike Ranelli, um, Spit and Chicklets, they're doing a new thing called Spit and Chicklets U, which they're going around. I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. They're going around and they're touring um, college hockey programs. They started with UMass. And now I think they're going to Boston University. And Mike's doing a great job too because he wants to do the same thing I want to do. Bring, you know, bring awareness to it. Bring awareness to college hockey, everything college hockey too. James Murray, he does great where he has this program and um, this social media where he does the same thing as like Spin Chickle to You and all these other places where he highlights also goes to college hockey game days and he'll go to Minnesota State. I want him to come to Omaha really bad. James, everything college come hockey. To, come, come to Omaha. To Omaha. <laughs> I tell, I, I <laughs> like you feel to to Omaha. Omaha just doesn't get enough hype. I mean, they've been to the Frozen Four. Um, I had the pleasure to interview and he's actually been like, his dad is like one of the, you know, locals that is on either the AM radio listening or now with Herd at Sports. And his son plays for the Junior Canes program. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like just to get parents around here to understand that there's options outside of local. Um, but it is a penny. It is a, uh, his son's away for eight months and he has a set of twins and they both play. They just won the national, the, the junior national champions, mm -hmm. but they get to play right next in the same facility as a, as the Canes. Yeah. And you're like, they get to see the pros every day at a high school level, but sometimes it's forgotten. Like you said, on the college level, mm -hmm making those connections and being able to give the views of just uh, a side of the hockey that people don't get 
or even just the side of a sport that people don't get. And it just sucks because no matter how much we push, it's like the big dogs aren't going to still eat it. I mean, mm -hmm. we're still in the, for me, I think, have you ever been to a college game on a football field outside? Like a, like a college football game? No. Like a college hockey? Hockey game. Was, they I had have, it at. I have. You have. I have. Mm -hmm. That yes, to me is like a like. I'm not even a big hockey fan, but that's a dream. Like that's something. Mm -hmm. Like I want to go see hockey Michigan and Michigan State. Yep. At the big house, I know they had it. Where it's 108,000. Yeah. Kind of like the volleyball. I mean, yep. look at how it happened with volleyball. That's how simple it can happen. Where mm -hmm. you give a little bit of love and a lot enough press. Look what, yeah. I mean, everywhere across the country, mm -hmm. volleyball was up. Is that kind of what you're looking to hopefully do? And is there connections to like continue those bigger events that people want to be involved in like that? You know, we did something. So that's why you said, have you ever done that? Yes. I have seen a college hockey rink game at a college hockey field. Hockey Day Minnesota, when they came to Mankato, um, did that. And if you don't know Hockey Day Minnesota, look it up. It's just basically like, Minnesota is has one day a year where we just go all out on hockey and there's high school teams and there's college teams and we pick a town and then they build a rink and they do this entire thing. So for Mankato, we had it at where Minnesota State um, football plays their college. They play and we had it on the field at Blakeslee Stadium and um, Minnesota State played and they played University of St. Thomas a couple of years ago and I got to cover it and I got to see it and I got to do all of the press and everything and that was such a cool moment because we sold it out. It was crazy. There was like 5,000 plus people watching a college hockey game when it's snowing, cold as crap, God, that brutally Minnesota, the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. And we won, obviously, and that was super awesome. But that's what I want to do more. I want to... I would love if they have it's because the NHL has a stadium series. So they have stadium series and then they have winter classic, which is basically where the um where they have an outdoor game, an outdoor arena, ODR on a baseball field. That's for winter classic. So when it was it was at Target Field one year, I went to that also absolutely amazing. So Target Field they hosted, which is where the twins play, they hosted the um blues versus the wild. And I got to go to that. And they do that every single year, I think, a couple of years ago. Last year, I think it was at Fenway. I think this year it's in Seattle. I'm, yeah, it's in Seattle. And it's Seattle versus um, the Vegas Golden Knights. I want that for college hockey. Oh, I bet that ticket's I, hard to get. Like, but it's so hard to get, but I want that for college hockey. I want us to go to different, like, college baseball fields or football fields or whatever and do an outdoor game. I think that would bring in so much revenue. You're going to look at me and tell me that you don't want to see a Minnesota state, maybe versus Cornell or something like that. You don't want to see a Wisconsin versus um, Minnesota state, Wisconsin versus Michigan out on a football field. Yeah, that'd be a lot of money. But if we do something of the stadium series or we do something of a winter classic within college hockey, you will see that people will pay. People will pay so much money for that and it'll be great. So that's what I would love to see is, it to get national recognition to be a point where everybody wants to go because when they had when we had the Minnesota State versus St. Thomas outside that was just that was peak peak college hockey I loved it. Now you see how females in commentating, females in sideline, females in just being reporting. What does it feel like to be a part of that? 
drive that movement. Um, we had Anna on our show already and mm-hmm. talked to her about going through what she's gone through, the things that you're seeing, the things that you're getting asked to be a part of. What does it feel like to be that person that uh, is growing with the growth instead of I'm I know I'm joining a flock, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm growing with the flock. Moving the needle has been the highlight of my life within women in sports. Um, I'm a huge advocate on it. I talk about it 24 seven. I think that, you know, I, I, I uplift women in sports wherever we can. I'm not, there's, there is some people and there is some like that will almost put you down because they, you'll find in a lot of places, I personally believe we need to be uplifting. We need to build, we need to move the needle. doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not me above anybody. I am want it to be us. And some people don't feel that way, especially I've met some people with women's sports who are like, I'm going to put you down to put myself up. And that's just not what I want. And that's not what I think needs to happen because, yeah, it's a great opportunity for you, but I want to make sure. It won't last. Well, the thing I, again, and I don't want, I don't want somebody who gets into the work, gets into women in sports, graduates college, gets there, and all of a sudden they have a men go name five, five hockey teams in the NHL. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. If you are a man and a woman is talking sports and you go name so-and-so or you go so deep, what was the 1997 general manager's middle name for the Minnesota Twins? Like, don't do that to me because I am not the one. I am not the one with that. And that's something that I need. think we need to change because women can know a lot about sports. They can love sports and they could probably know more than you. And that's something that is okay. Yes. And I think think that you don't want to just look at the screen and say oh there's just another blonde talking about sports no listen to her she knows a lot she is the movement and that's why i truly do love what i what i do and i want to do more of is just make sure that people know that we are here we know a ton about sports i know one of my favorite one of my favorite things my stories is there was we were in um a bar in mankato and it was later and i was doing whatever and i saw this guy in the Minnesota Wild hat. And I was like, oh my God, Minnesota Wild. Love Minnesota Wild. We'll always talk about them. You go, he does the same thing. Mm. Name every single player in the Minnesota Wild right now. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I go in and I talk about it. And I name every single player, how they're doing, their stat line, where they need to be, what they need to do, the record, how it is, all of that. And this was like a couple of years ago. And he just, and then I was like, I, and then I got to the point where I was just like pointing at well, his Well, yeah, because it turns into and he a... was just like, you're like, I was just trying to be like, like just be in the moment and be like, man, I like the wild. You like yeah. the wild. And, and we have a similarity. Mm-hmm. But now my similarity is about to outtake yours because yeah. you're going to ask me all the players. And I can guarantee I know more things about the players than you know. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to take it to that level where I'm like, no. I know more than you. But at the same time, when when you find yourself in that situation where somebody is doubting you or somebody is being very rude to you in that moment that's why women in sports especially in, if anything women in just general they will like flip on and be like all right sit down <laughs> shut up this is, you're gonna learn this, today you're gonna learn today son you're gonna learn today because that's exactly how it is and i and that's why a lot of people when i do that they're like oh my god can you stop and i was like you poked the bear you poked the bear suffer the consequences now the work ethic of being a content creator mm-hmm obviously is is not for the weary Mm -mm. where do you get that from and what what do you think keeps that drive going oh my gosh it's just nonstop. always on my phone always i'm waking up i'm checking tiktok i'm checking twitter brandon always gives me so much crap because he's like what are you not on your phone 
Well, I bet your screen time's terrible. Are you on TikTok all the time? Oh my god! Like he just gives me so much crap because he knows that I, that's what I'm doing. But it is one of the, and he calls me out a lot because sometimes I'm just scrolling. He's like, "Are you even working?" I'm like, shut up, shut up. No, I'm not. But it is. Um, I usually most of the times I'll wake up, I'll record something. I'll edit it. I'll post it out. I'm always thinking about what I need to do better. Like I can do a funny thing or I can do this. I can do that. So my mind is always working. Like, so let's say last night, there was a wild game last night, right? Yeah. So we had a content day at her at sports where I was doing her at sports socials for the bar and I did that. So then I had to go home, edit, post everything. Okay. Well, there's a wild game. I had to, not only for my brand for wild takes, I had to make all the memes I had to make all the content. I had to live tweet. I had to think of funny ideas. I had to video myself. I had to edit that. I had to post that on Instagram and Twitter and not Facebook because I'm sorry, I'm not on Facebook, but Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. <laughs> like TikTok. Hold on, that's like saying, I'm not on MySpace. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. You're I'm backing that on, one way I'm up. I'm not on MySpace. I'm real sorry. I'm not on Tumblr anymore. But, um, and you know, that's the kind of thing where I'm always like, well, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Because on game day, I know the interactions and the engagements are that much higher because everybody's watching it. Everybody's watching it. Everybody's looking at you. They want to see something funny. They want to see something good. So legitimately, I am working at this and these contents and these ideas 24 7 there's not a day where i'm not saying i should do this i should do this i should do this like i'm always thinking always and that's one of the things with content creations a lot of people I don't think understand is like there's never a day where you're not just like grinding to yeah and bring things out and it's the same it's a routine that you know when everybody says you have a routine you get up you check certain things mm -hmm. when it comes to you is your phone your most valuable or the computer my phone hands down no my phone my phone i will literally like if this place was burning right now i would take my phone i would just run because i have everything on it like one of my friends um his name is adam danks and we were just in um minnesota and he was looking at my phone and you know how you have the four icons below and mine is wait let me look because I, I, I think I, so. It's the phone, Safari, text, and TikTok. You're Safari <laughs> type? Come on. Dude, Safari's yeah, no. I'm yeah. all Apple, but Safari, I'm out. No. I'm, Google Chrome's too easy. Nah, I got to do the Safari. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm a, I'm, I'm a millennial Gen You know Z. what's funny is I, I, I think I would be on that trip if I didn't already have Google Chrome with all my saved stuff. See, exactly. But now it's like, Every time you click something on my phone, it takes you Safari to open it. And I'm like, so are you Apple Maps or Google Maps. Maps? Google Maps is like we can't even be friends now. Dog. I am like done with interviewing. No. All right. So I have to get me? this. I have to get this. My my coworker friend Jeff went. Let me say it as he puts it. He's a guy that man. He just has these sayings. Longtime listener, first time caller. K fan. Ringer. K fan. That's What's right. Up? Not a question, but a statement regarding the Minnesota Wilds. Mm -hmm. So I knew you would like this one. Yep. Brock Faber is a fucking stud. Best part about yeah. being on a podcast. <laughs> but he's a rookie defensive man now yeah. consistently logging about 30 minutes a mm -hmm. game on the ice. Absolutely. Speak the With facts. Jonas Brodeen injured. Mm -hmm. Correct. Faber should be the front runner, not only for the Calder. Yes, correct. But also the Norris yes. too. Yes, yes. Yes. I'll hang up and yes. listen in. What do you think? Let my man cook. Let my man cook. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's everything. I was literally on. If you look at my receipts yesterday on Twitter, that's exactly what I was saying. The 100% because he had, I think, God, I can't even remember what game. Now I'm thinking about it. Was it against the Flames? He recorded 
It was an OT, a two minute and 10 second shift as a rookie. Are you kidding me? As a defenseman, it was like three on three, two. Unbelievable. He had a 30 minute game and he's had four of them. I unbelievable numbers from a rookie from a rookie yes. this guy is the real deal he is in the calder race as a defenseman which is very much like you usually are like huh he's great he's amazing he should win the norris there's no doubt about it brock faber is the real deal especially when you said you have jared spurgeon out who is our captain you have jonas brodeen out who is a big front runner in the defense and our defense so those are the, the two main defenders besides jake middleton of the minnesota wild decor and you have, instead of John Merrill, Alex Goligoski, who needs to step up, you have Brock Faber, the rookie who's <laughs> stepping up. And he is just getting numbers, and he's just killing it. And he's doing such a good job. And he is by far one of the best defenders we have. And I think huge for the Norris. For the Calder, obviously he needs to be in the conversation, but I do think Marco Rossi is one that needs to be in it. He's got like 27 points. 12 goals, some other assists. He's right behind Brock. No, he's right behind um, Connor Bedard, best prospect since Connor McDavid. Um, you know, these are these are two guys and two young guys in the Minnesota Wild who will be the future and the face of the franchise. So write that down. Right <laughs> well, once again, I am so grateful to have Marissa on this show. Once again, a herd at media specialist, just rocking it out. Yes, and sir. uh you know, if you don't know or if this will help anybody that you know, remember there's things outside of sports that you can do that still gets you connected with all the cool things about sports. But remember, it's not for the weary. It's not if you think I can go one day hard. You have to go hard every day that you do it. So once again, Heard at Sports Production, DJ K-Dub Omaha Wired Access. We'll see you next time. Heard at Sports Network Production.